Our reading from the gospel comes from the gospel according to Luke chapter 18. We're going to read from the gospel according to Luke chapter 18 and we're going to read verses 9 through 14. Let us listen for the word of God for us today. Luke chapter 18 verse 9. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee standing by himself was praying thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, thieves, rogues, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all my income. But the tax collector standing far off would not even look up to heaven, but was beating his breast and saying, God, be, me merciful, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Righteous and gracious Lord, you reveal to us the way of goodness and life. Teach us humility that we may trust in your power and not our own. Make us ever grateful. Now open our hearts and our understanding, O Spirit of God, that we might hear your word so that your wisdom will draw us closer to you. Through Christ, the living word, we pray. Amen. This, brothers and sisters, is a deceptively easy or simple parable. And we have heard it so often, I think, that by this time we should know the lesson. The lesson that we have always heard from this, don't be full of yourself when you appear before God, when you pray, like the Pharisee. By this time, we don't like the Pharisees anyhow, so that's easy. <laughs> but be like the tax collector when you pray. Although we don't really know what to make of tax collectors, because we all harbor some other feelings about paying our taxes and that man that demands us to pay. I also hope that you are somewhat careful when we get to parables. Remembering that somewhere there is always a sting in the tail of these little stories that Jesus told to convey one point about the kingdom of God. And I hope that you also remember somehow that the context in which we find a specific text may always help us to understand what the catch in the story is. Now this short parable, this simple parable is sandwiched between another parable about prayer, a widow going to a judge to ask justice, and continue to bother him so much that in the end he could do nothing else but give in to her. 
And the other story on how Jesus blessed infants, little children who were brought by their parents to be blessed. And where his disciples then said, no, you cannot bring the children to Jesus. Don't bother him. And Jesus, of course, scolded the disciples and said, let the children come to me. Now, let us see if these two stories help us to maybe get a new understanding of our simple parable about the Pharisee and the tax collector. If we are honest, brothers and sisters, we will probably identify much more with the Pharisee than with the tax collector. I mean, in spite of the bad rap that this religious party in the Old Testament, uh, in the old Israel gate, they were the seriously honest religious people. People who lived their faith. People who wanted everyone to honor the laws and commandments of old Israel, went about enforcing the law of God. They were not greedy, nor did they steal from other people. They were just when they were called to be on a jury or to be a judge. They did not commit adultery. And these people fasted. They did religion proud and the church proud. They fasted and they gave their tithes. And what is important, they promoted the priesthood of believers. Proclaiming brothers and sisters that religion and faith in God should be lived out in, our, in the practice of our everyday lives. They said that the home is the most important place to worship God and to pray. And yet this Pharisee goes beyond that. He goes to the temple to pray in public. And what he said that day in his prayer was probably true. He affirms that he lives according to the faith that the Pharisees promoted. He went beyond the law's requirements in tithing and fasting, not trying to get away with the bare minimum. And so he acknowledged God as the source of everything. This guy was probably an exemplary Presbyterian. <laughs> Someone that we would have liked to sit with in the pew, that we would have liked to identify with. That the translators of the Greek and, and what we have come to know about Pharisees not tainted our understanding of the Pharisees. I mean, what we all want to say about ourselves, especially if we strive to be real representatives of God, especially if we are good stewards of what we know we have received from, from, from God, is probably the same that this Pharisee said of himself. But doesn't the parable say that the tax collector, rather than the other, went down to his home just justified? Do of you want to justify, I mean, want to identify with the tax collector? I thought so. <laughs> tax collectors, brothers and sisters, were wealthy people. They were contracted by the Roman government to collect taxes from the people of Israel. They were business people and they, they bought the right to collect taxes by paying a set fee to the empire. 
And they, of course, squeezed as much as possible from the people to turn a profit on their initial investment. And these are eight tax collectors who'd often hire local Jews as employees to collect taxes. And these, these employees, of course, they were known as, as people who were corrupted, people who, who committed fraud around every corner, people who took more money than they were supposed to take. Jewish tax collectors were, were unclean because of their contact with the Gentiles. Tax collectors were, to put it mildly, despised. They were called traitors because they colluded with the empire, with the Roman Empire. They were stigmatized the way that pimps and prostitutes were stigmatized by their association. No self-respecting Jew would eat or associate with tax collectors. Do you understand? Do you still want to identify with this group who may well have been seen as the scum of the earth? Doesn't matter where you identify, by the way. Either as Pharisee or tax collector, we in the vice. It's interesting, brothers and sisters, that Jesus did not offer a blanket condemnation for the Pharisee. Neither does Jesus applaud the behaviors from which this religious, pious Pharisee distanced himself. And Jesus does not praise the tax collector either. I also do not think that Jesus praised the tax collector's humility and confession, or even his trust in God's mercy. You see, the danger of reading this parable the way we have always read it is that we all will come to believe that the only thing that God desires of us is a confession like the confession of the tax collector. Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I think what Jesus wants to point out in this parable is that there is absolutely no saving power in a sense of righteousness or in all the things that we do on behalf of God and the church. But brothers and sisters, there's neither saving power in pride in your wickedness. You know, the, uh, we call it washing of your dirty clothes in public. There's no saving power in the knowledge of our personal depravity or wickedness. But the Pharisees' prayer embodies a way of being in the world that is without the relationships that God wants us to have. Relationship with God and the other people or our neighbor. That is the relationship which characterizes life in God's reign. Characterizes life under God as king in our lives. This Pharisee is probably so full of himself and his good deeds that he cannot love God. Doesn't have to love God. And he sees his neighbors, well, their sinful shortcomings in such a way that he cannot love his neighbor because they are, they are so much worse than he is. I wonder what kind of attitude this Pharisee is continuing in our time. If it is when we want to decide who are welcome and who are not welcome and who belong and who doesn't belong. 
And who can use the church and who cannot use the church? I don't know. I don't want to say. I think what I want. But it's difficult to read this parable without placing yourself in one role or the other. Is it not? Which of us has never felt a bit self-satisfied with the way that we live our faith? God, I thank you that I am not like other people. My next door neighbor who is enjoying a round of golf right now or nursing a hangover after last night. My friend in the, politi- the other political party who does not understand your will for our nation. I thank you that I'm not like the disheveled guy two pews over. I am here every Sunday morning and even in the afternoons and I have pledged my financial contribution for next year and I serve on three important church committees. Maybe you have never messed up enough to gain the humility of the tax collector either. It is sometimes only major missteps that help us see God's grace and God's forgiveness in the real light so that we can honestly echo the tax collector's words in honesty. But then, brothers and sisters, this is not the stinger in the tail of the parable. The catch lies in a word that is translated with a comparison in the sentence in verse 14. I tell you, this man went down to his home justified rather than the other one. The word translated with rather than may also mean just like the other one. And here's my point. If we tie this knowledge to our context of the previous passage and the judge who granted the widow justice just because she continued to bother him and the following passage of Jesus welcoming children, this, children, uh, this parable tells us that God accepts people accepts all people because God is God. I don't know with which of these two characters in the parable you identify. Maybe right now you ache because you have a little remorse because you were acting like this self-righteous Pharisee. Or maybe not. Or maybe you are inspired by the humility and the trust of the tax collector. Or maybe that also went by you. doesn't matter. This parable is all about God. God whose mercy and love we rediscover in Jesus the Christ. This parable tells us about triune God who redeems in grace and love through self-sacrifice. And then, brothers and sisters, our justification is not by doing things and by reminding God about all the things we do. It's not by claiming the fact that we can really not do anything good and so confess our sin and corruptedness and then receive justification. I think what Jesus wants to tell us is that grace and justification is not achieved, but it comes through God who reaches out to helpless sinners, to all sinners, even those who think that they have it right. And I know, what about the last part of the last sentence? For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, but all who humble themselves will be exalted. Maybe there was a scribe who wanted to think God made a distinction between good and bad. 
believe it. Or maybe it belongs to the following story about Jesus and the children. Or maybe it has to do with all the paragraphs we have here. But this parable is, is about God. It's about the God that Jesus told us about a few chapters earlier when he told the parable of the prodigal father. Father who affirmed both the young wayward son who squandered all his, his whole inheritance as well as the older grumbling son who stayed home but never felt home. Jesus told us about God being a prodigal father whose behavior is so much different from what we know and expect. And in this parable about the, the tax collector and the Pharisee, Jesus told us that God justifies out of grace. Justified both those who constantly remind God and the world what good people they are. They are justified. And those who cannot even look up to heaven because they understand their total depravity, they are also justified. Because this is God. And so we can all go home today knowing that we are justified. Irrespective if we get everything right or get only something right and most things wrong. Whether we are very good Christians or merely a shadow of what God expects us to be, we'll go home justified, just like the others who are not like us. And this is good news to us. Amen.